sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. One of the greatest teachings of our Catholic faith, one of the greatest gifts of our Catholic faith is the Holy Eucharist. The church's teaching and the reality that in the consecrated bread and wine, Jesus Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. For us to adore in person, if you will, and for us to receive into our own bodies and souls as well. But how do we know Jesus Christ is truly present? How do we know that the real presence is in fact actually real? Well, we can look at scripture, we can look at history, but we can also look at the dozens of uh, of validated and authenticated miracles that have happened throughout the history of the church. And that's what we're going to be looking at today on Ignition, the Eucharistic miracles that have confirmed the church's teaching on the true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio by my, I think by now, regular alternate co-host. There we go. That's a good name. Uh, we should, we, I can give you a plaque and yeah. a name tag for Next you. Next time I come in, I'll expect yeah. that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, Robin Bruggeman is here with us. How are you, Robin? I'm doing great. Robin, uh, just in case somebody hasn't heard you mm-hmm. as the regular alternate co-host of Ignition, <laughs> uh, would you mind just briefly introducing yourself? Sure. I'm Robin. I am an adult Catholic convert to the faith. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. I'm a mother-in-law. I'm a daughter of Christ. And something (laughs) else. (laughs) What did I forget? You're daughter of the father. Daughter of the father. Daughter of the father. Yes. Yeah. 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 Three in one. Daughter of the Father. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You know what I meant. And so, why yeah. are you here? Why, why are you on Ignition, Rob? This is, this is what they get admitted to, Rob. What? Wait, 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 what's going on? <laughs> because it's, you asked me script. to be. <laughs> <laughs> why did you agree, finally? After? Why did I agree? Well, I yeah. don't know. Is there a right answer? I don't know. Well, you've been asking me for a while. Yeah. and then um, you, you, you have a passion about our faith. I do. I, I am very passionate about learning more about the faith and... I feel blessed to know you. I know you outside of um, Catholic worky stuff, (laughs) but um, just have always felt so blessed to be able to ask you questions when I have questions or need clarification. And I listened to your podcast for years before you invited me on and... I just I enjoy listening and learning from you I, as well. This wasn't so, supposed to be about me, well, but you're doing a good yeah. job of making. Oh, thank you, well. Rob. <laughs> but no, I I just I love our diocese, yeah. and um, we're just very blessed in many ways. And so I just love visiting about our right, faith too, right. and just want other people to learn along with me. Yes, and us, and we can just never know everything about our faith. It's right. so wonderful, mm. and I'm continually learning new and stumbling upon new stuff. So I just I just want other people along on the journey with me. Along with you. That's great. Robin, I actually want to go continue down this for just a little bit. And here's okay. why. So we're going to get, okay. we're definitely going to, I'm not trying to put off talking about the, <laughs> oh, the Eucharist again, really. Let's put it up. No, no. Okay. Um, so a lot of Catholics, a lot of Catholics are um, interested in learning about their faith and mm-hmm. do learn about their faith. Not as many of them, though, are comfortable talking about 
their faith with other people. Yeah. So if if I can ask, what what? Um, I mean, it's it's not quote unquote your day job. I mm-hmm. mean, as it is mine. Yep. And yet, you do talk about your faith in a number of ways. So, if if you do, you know any idea? I don't know if you have an answer to this question. Why are you comfortable taking that sort of next step from going about for um, wanting to grow in knowledge mm-hmm. of the faith? That next step, then, of I'm actually willing huh. to talk to other people about it. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Well, God has invited me into starters because I remember just as a younger person, teenager, thinking I'm never gonna talk about something knowledgeable. Like I'll just keep things to myself. But I think what I really, what just really gives me that there's something in me that wants to take it a step further is maybe it comes back to when I was not Catholic. I was raised in a nice Christian home in a different denomination. That was great. And I'm thankful for that upbringing. However, much of what I learned about the Catholic faith was not accurate and truthful. Mm. And so I think that's important to me is to make our faith, um, to clarify it, maybe make it break down some of the intimidation barrier. Maybe I'm just a normal person that uh, happened to become Catholic. Wandered in the studio today. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, really, I'm just a normal person. I'm not educated like you are in our faith, but I have I've learned yep. some things on the way. There's so much more I want to learn. But I just want people to know I'm just a normal average person desiring to grow closer to God and in our faith and um, willing to share what I've learned if it will help other people. And they don't have to then take it on and share, but if they can, if something will spark in someone else's mind or heart, that will help them to just grow closer to our Lord or desire, put a spark in them to just know a little bit more or have some clarification. I just think that can be so beneficial because I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the way I have come to know the truth. So I just want that for others. You want okay. So that's that's what I was gonna I was gonna ask you a couple of times. But why? But and then you But why? But why? (laughs) You're like a kid. Why? But but, But why? Yes, I (laughs) I am because Jesus said you must become like children to enter the kingdom of heaven, Robin. Hey Um, that's awesome. (laughs) But why? (laughs) Yeah. Because I should know that about you by now. But (laughs) But why, Robin? uh, Um it's been of benefit to you, and you want mm-hmm. other people to have the same yeah, experience. I want to share the gift that I continually receive. Let um, me ask you just to follow up with this, if you don't mind. Do you mind? This is. I don't know. I'll tell you in a minute. What's the question? <laughs> well, well, do, do you? I mean, so you're you're, you're busy. You're, you're. Do you have any hobbies? Do you have any hobbies? <laughs> I know you're trying to like. Wow. That's a left, you'll, you'll get. Uh, you'll I'll just think on that one. Do you I have, have to come to up with something right now? Well, make one up if you don't really have a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you sew? Do you no. knit? Do you do crossword puzzles? No. Do you play wrong, wrong, wrong. any I games? Like, no. Are you a card player? I do like to um, learn how to make fun cocktails. Does that count? Is that a hobby? Sure. Yes. We're gonna go with that. That'll that'll work. Robin, do you want oh everybody else to learn how to make fun cocktails as well? No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if if they want to, but okay. I don't have that same desire as I do for the faith. Is that the right answer? <laughs> why, why? What's the difference? What's the difference? Well, because you don't have to know how to make a cocktail to get to know God or to get to heaven. <laughs> but it's learning the faith is beneficial to everybody. And yeah, so I get what you're trying to do here. So yeah, it just... Yeah, I just want to bring people with on the journey. So, and, yeah. I do think there are, there are a lot of people who look at people like you and me 
and basically, not necessarily consciously, but they, well, well, religion's like our hobby. <laughs> like, like going to church is is just our hobby. Yeah. Some people go bowling. Some people go to church. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do what like works we're for different you. or something. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so that that's why. I, so I yeah. was looking for because of the difference it made in your life, and this is something that's not just a hobby for mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. It can make it a difference in everybody's life. Yeah, and it becomes our culture, isn't maybe like our, you know. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Okay, yeah, good. great. Glad to have you here, Robin Brigham. Well, thank you. Yeah, this wasn't part of the <laughs> prep. You did, you did you well. You handled me, my but... whys, and, but, but, um, yeah. but just one more thing, very well. So we are going to, to talk about... Um, uh, the Eucharist and Eucharistic miracles today. So I, mm-hmm. I first want to mention um, we talked about this a little bit before the show. So not too far, too, not too long ago, back this summer, uh, Renee Kranz and I—I think it was Renee and I—recorded mm-hmm. uh, an episode on the Real Presence. It's episode uh, five eighteen. Um, yeah. If folks want to pull that up, um, maybe pause it now. I'll go back. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was trying to access the the rusty memory banks. Um, <laughs> I think that Renee and I focused on what Jesus says in the Mm -hmm. Gospels. This is my body. This is my blood. Last Supper, John chapter 6, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood or you don't have life within you. Those Mm -hmm. those references. Um, So here, we're not going to sort of completely rehash that episode. Uh, I should have asked you to tell us about 518 because I'm sure you remember it well. I I don't have a good memory. Okay. I'm a faithful (laughs) follower of your podcast, but... (laughs) Uh, So what we're going to do in this episode... Quite honestly, this mm-hmm. might bleed over into next week's episode as well. Is that's very punny. Oh, how about that? I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> um, what we believe, just the basics. Again, knowing there's other, I've recorded other episodes in the Real Presence in, in, as well. There's mm-hmm. all sorts of resources out there mm-hmm. too. Yep. We, let's be honest. You and I are not just like completely plowing a new field. Right. Right. Um, so, what do we believe? Uh, talk a little bit about the the, the 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 technical term the church uses to describe mm-hmm. how this happens, transubstantiation, um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, then we'll get into some, some of those of miracles. Eucharistic miracles. <clears throat> so, Robin, what do we believe uh, about about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? You mean that the, when Jesus, it becomes Jesus's true body and blood, soul and divinity. Soul and divinity. Yeah. yeah, so when the, um, when the priest says the words of consecration, mm-hmm. During the mass, so the priest has to, uh, with all the sacraments, um, whoever the minister of the sacrament is, in order for the sacrament to ap- actually happen, the minister doesn't be, have to be holy. The minister does not have to be brilliant. The minister mm-hmm. has to do what the church says to do and have the intention the church requests. Mm-hmm. That's it. So uh, be- because because it is Jesus Christ in all of the sacraments who is the one at work. Right. Um, so whether you're talking about a baptism or confession, confession. or confirmation yep. or holy matrimony or holy yep. orders or the anointed of the sick, yep. et cetera, et cetera, or the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. The priest is in place of. The priest or whoever the minister is. Or yeah, whoever the minister is. Uh, but in this case, yeah, it, the yep. priest is acting in the person of Christ the head. So mm-hmm. um, Jesus is asked act is working through, acting through this man, in this mm-hmm. case, uh, to confect, to use another technical term, to confect the Eucharist <laughs> so that the bread and the wine both become the body, blood, soul, and the Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. One little thing to clarify, some um, some people, Catholics and others, sometimes get a little like, oh, so uh, the, br- the bread becomes the body and the wine becomes the blood. 
so when I receive the host, I'm receiving the body. Mm-hmm. And then if I receive from the chalice, I'm receiving the blood. No, the whole Christ, the, the, the totus Christus, the whole Christ, the, mm-hmm. the entire Christ, all of Jesus is present in, in any fragment of either species. As oh. I, the, so whether it's just the host or whether it's from the cup or the chalice, you're receiving body, blood, and soul and divinity. Yeah. The, I never really thought about it like that, yeah. but yeah. Yep. So, so both are present because Jesus at the Last Supper had both the bread and wine, mm-hmm. but the whole Christ is present under both species. Right. So there are some people who have gluten intolerances. Right. Who at their particular and how how that's handled, they're low gluten hosts and other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one way sometimes it's handled is they will can receive um, the, the, the precious blood, blood yeah. receiving okay. the chalice. But they're not just receiving the blood of Christ; they're it receiving the all, all of it, the whole yeah. okay. Christ, all of Jesus in that. So when the priest says those words of consecration during the mass over the bread and over the wine. Both become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, he, but it's it's. But again, we we the whole Christ is present. All of Jesus is present. Mm-hmm. We use those words, body and blood, because he used them. And there's all sorts of Old Testament background to why he would have used those terms. But it's it's the living Jesus Christ who is present under the appearance, and we'll get mm-hmm. into that a little bit, yep. under the appearance of a piece of bread or under the appearance of a cup of wine. Mm-hmm. So it's the living God who truly becomes present on the altar when the priest says these words. So whether or not I'm able that particular day to receive Holy Communion, I am able to literally adore Jesus Christ present, not just in his divinity, because I can mm-hmm. always pray to Jesus right. anytime. Yeah. Um, but he is present in his divinity and his humanity in 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 a in a physical way. Yeah. In the in the Just Eucharist, amazing. so we're able to adore him, mm-hmm. to 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 look upon him, and then uh, if we're able to to receive him into our own bodies and souls in Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's mass or we're homebound, our home, yeah. whatever the circumstances where we receive all communion, it's it's really the living God, Jesus Christ, who we are able to receive in holy communion. Mm, so amazing, so such he, a gift. So so he <laughs> can do his thing within us to the degree mm-hmm. that we're properly well disposed. Right. Um, his presence in us will bear fruit. It will change mm-hmm. us. And and just real quick, Robin, I think it is that the, the importance of being well disposed. So Jesus, regardless of what I think, whether I believe it or not, whether I'm fervent in my faith or not, Christ is present in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm completely in tune and focused when I go forward for a communion or earlier through in the mass, or whether I'm completely distracted um, for whatever reason, he is present. Right. Whether or not his presence within me changes me depends on me. Oh, yeah. So his presence yeah. depends on him and the priest doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. His effect upon me, the fruit that it bears in my life, that depends on, on us. me. On yeah. Us. yeah. So the importance of being well disposed. Yeah. And that can make a difference, I think, um, hearing that or for your listeners to hear that. If that hasn't been something that you've been aware of and you take that to heart, it can really change how you celebrate Mass right, then. Right. 
right. and how you receive and how you go forth from there. So what would you say, Robin, to somebody who's like listening and, and hearing what I said and then just what you said? So how do I do that? Like how, do, how, do, how do I take it to heart? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I have a thought. I mean, yes and no. You share yours. Ask in your prayer before mass, ask the Lord mm. to give you that grace. Yes. Lord, help me to like, okay, so literally, perhaps there's somebody listening to this um, and wants this. So mm-hmm. to you, that listener, I would say the next time you go to mass, or even the next time, to be honest, you could just like right now take a moment and ask it, Lord, the next time I go to mass, give me the grace mm. of realizing the gift of the Eucharist yes. and give me the grace of receiving you in a well-disposed manner. Mm, that is so and you don't have to use, does it, you know, it does, you do not have to memorize what I right. just said. Even in just your listening own way. that and taking that to heart and just desiring that. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Lord, so beautiful. Give me the desire. Another way to put the used word, great, you used a great word there. Lord, give me a desire. Give me a hunger yeah. for the Eucharist. Yeah. Give me an appreciation for this incredible mm-hmm. gift that if you're anything like me, for me, way too long, I took for granted. Yeah, many of us do, yep. but it can really be life-changing Amen. in the reception of that. Yep. And then what, you know, the grace that comes, literally I life, love that. Literally life-changing. We're yes. not being hyperbolic here. No, literally no, for real. Literally change our lives. Yeah, right. love So that. folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Robin Bruggeman about the Eucharist, and we're going to be talking about Eucharistic miracles as well. So anything else that you might say, Robin, to somebody who's listening right now and wants like, okay, how, how do I... Like do that when I go. Anything besides praying for that grace to to be to have a deeper desire to be well disposed. I think the praying and then just to be present, okay. be there, yeah, be aware, yeah, be aware, yeah. be there, be aware, right? Um, yeah, that that should be like some. Be there. Shirts. Yeah, t-shirt. Be there, be aware. We might start marketing yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, so be there, be um, that's that's a little bit on what we believe, and 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 anything else that we nope. need to speak to. I don't, I don't think so. I think okay. you know, just you know, we know that as Catholics, that's what separates us. Yep. From other denominations, and why it's so important to attend Mass too, so right. we can receive, so can receive our Lord right, in that right. way. And even if you can't receive, uh, you maybe you've been be. away and mm-hmm. you haven't gotten to give confession, go to Mass. You can still adore Him. Yeah. Yep. You can and then still make adore this him. spiritual. Make him a spiritual community. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which yep. and what we all learn is so powerful. We learn that during, during quarantine. The pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay, so I we do you had you had suggested actually taking a little bit of time. So I just do what Robin tells me, folks. I mean, that's how <laughs> I'm so bossy. Between <laughs> Renee and Robin, I I, 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 I all you have to do is show I don't up. Even call we just it my boss show really you around, anymore, right? Um, you thought it'd be a good idea just to briefly talk about transubstantiation mm-hmm. and explain that a little. bit. A big word. But... It is a big word. Transubstantiation. It's yes. a six-syllable word. It's a big word, but... Yeah. Uh, it's a big word. So this is the technical term that the church uses to describe or explain mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, transubstantiation. So, because people can... Okay, the priest says the magic words. It's not mm-hmm. magic, it's, but... Um, and it becomes... But no, it doesn't. I mean... It's the same. Yeah, it looks the same. It looks the sure? same. It, if I ta- <laughs> and this is true. If you taste a an unconsecrated host, and if mm-hmm. you taste a consecrated host, they're they're from the same batch. They're going to taste the yeah. same way. Yeah. If you if you taste the the Eucharistic wine, 
unconsecrated, and you mm-hmm. taste the precious blood, the consecrated Eucharistic wine, they taste the same. Yep. They look the same. If you put them under a microscope, they look the same. Mm-hmm. If you did a chemical analysis, it looked the same. What the heck do you Catholics it's mean? It's the same thing, but it's not, though. But it's not. So... <laughs> Transubstantiation. So the church here uses, as she always has throughout her history, she'll use some ideas or concepts um, from the world around her to explain biblical truths. Mm-hmm. So this reality of the real presence is a biblical truth. It's a truth. But the church, just as she used uh, concepts from Greek philosophy to explain how Jesus is both God and man, and how God is three persons in one nature, so the persons and nature, mm-hmm. those those, those those ideas, those concepts come from Greek philosophy. <laughs> so similarly, the church uses Greek philosophy to describe uh, in more detail what happens in the Eucharist. So transubstantiation. So the idea is that um, every, this is a little bit on Greek philosophy. So everything that's out there, it has its essence and then it has its characteristics. Mm-hmm. So there's what it is, but then it how it looks, how it appears, and so on. And they're not the same thing. So who I am, I've been the same thing, if you will. My essence has remained the same. I'm a human, a particular human person, and I've remained the same since the moment of my conception um, almost 50 years ago mm-hmm. now. Now, how I've looked has changed over the course of those almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. My size has changed. The color of my hair has changed. The presence of facial hair mm-hmm. on my chin has changed. <laughs> A few <So> differences. <laughs> differences. The characteristics have changed, mm-hmm. but what I am is the same. So right. my, what I am, my essence or my substance is one thing, but my, my, my characteristics or the technical term here, which can be confusing, my accidents. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, change so it's an accident. Oh, I tripped and fell. That's that's a it's a Greek philosophical term into English, but basically it means the characteristics of something. Okay. So in the Eucharist, when the priest says, "This is my body, this is my blood," what God does is He replaces the substance, the essence of the bread and then the wine, with the substance of His Son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. The whole Christ, body, blood, soul, and with both the bread and the wine. So the the if you will unseen, unsensible essence or substance is of the bread is replaced with the substance of Jesus, and the the essence, the substance of the wine is replaced with the substance of mm-hmm. Jesus. But the characteristics of bread and wine, Stay what we can same. sense even with our eyes, with with our five senses, yep. and even scientific analysis, that all remains the same. Right. So there's been a transubstantiation. There's been a transformation of the substance. One is replaced with the other. Mm-hmm. But the accidents, the characteristics, Have remain of bread yeah. and wine. Okay. Usually. Usually. Usually, usually, right. And we'll explain the usually in just a little bit. But so if, if you're putting yourself in the shoes of a listener, Robin, um, is that clear what transubstation I think so, yeah. You know, means? Yes, it makes sense. Okay. But I think it's something where... It just, this is where faith kicks in, you know, where you just believe because you're like, well, what? It doesn't, like you say, it doesn't look any different. And, um, and if you receive communion and you're not, you're as open as like we talked to you a few moments ago and you don't feel any different. Right. But when you believe it, whether or not it makes sense, but you believe it, that's, I think, where 
right. the change can happen right. there. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. how do we know this happens? Because it's so much, it, it, isn't it? It is based on authority. We 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 trust mm-hmm. Jesus. The trust. Right. We trust God. We trust the church that He. We trust that He established mm-hmm. the church and it's teaching His truths. So yeah. there is there is the element of of, of faith in a sense of trusting mm-hmm. in others. Yeah. But to be honest, we do that with all sorts of things. We do. We do. We do that with all sorts of things. So, um, yeah. But I, I think it probably, you and I probably take it for granted. There probably is a supernatural dimension. I guess mm-hmm. what I want to emphasize here, what I'm trying to emphasize is it's not against reason to believe that this can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen apart from a particular intervention that God makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't require us to spend to suspend rational thought in right. order to accept. Right. So when we say it takes faith, don't mean that, and therefore you have to believe something that's irrational. We right. don't mean that right. at all. It's just, right. well, how do I know? Well, I have to trust yeah, others. Trust. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you Great. brought that into Great. it, the trust. Great. Because it's just such a it's, a, it's the main thing for us. And it can be just, it's an interesting thing to think about. Yep. And so, yeah. Amen. Anything else with transubstantiation? No. Okay. So I just, we're going to dive into this more and we're going to take another episode to talk more about yep. this. But uh, sometimes in history, God does confirm our faith and our belief mm-hmm. by um, means, I guess, of Eucharistic miracles. Mm-hmm. So there have been dozens and dozens of instances in which not just the essence or the substance of the bread and wine is changed into Jesus Christ, but the characteristics, the yeah. accidents as well, where literally it becomes human tissue. Yeah. It's uh, of a particular amazing. kind that we'll maybe get into. Maybe, maybe well, heart tissue. Almost every miracle yeah. is heart tissue uh, to make a point. Again, we receive mm-hmm. all of Jesus, but when these miracles happen, it's usually heart tissue yep. to make up a particular point, and oftentimes the presence of, of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is done typically to strengthen the faith of mm-hmm. somebody who's starting to doubt the real presence. And oftentimes, yeah. to be honest, it's the priest who's saying that yeah. particular mass. Yeah. Um, I, I, there, there might be some instances I can just, most of the, the well-known instances of mm-hmm. Eucharistic miracles, there's some doubt that's starting to creep into the mind of the priest. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so God performs a miracle where yeah. typically when, he's, when the priest says those words of consecration, the appearance of the bread and or wine also changes yes. into the appearance of the body and blood of true Jesus Christ. Miracle. Oh. A true miracle. True yeah. miracle. Dozens of them. Um, and so what we're going to do in in the in next week's episode is look at some of these miracles. Yes. I'm uh, but so just excited. in this last minute or so, uh, Robin, just I think to underline the reality that these things I mean, this is not, these are not miracles from centuries ago. There are some from centuries Tomorrow, ago, yep. um, that, but we can't. So there are some centuries ago that still endure top down right. to our, yeah. our own time. Yeah. But there, there continue to be new Eucharistic miracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a website that I'm going to reference in the, in the next episode as well, but I just want to mention it this week as well. Therealpresence.org. So that's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-P-R-E-N-S-E-N-C-E, therealpresence.org, where you can read about dozens, more than we have time to talk about in the next episode. Um, 
dozens of these Eucharistic miracles that have happened to strengthen the faith of all of us. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it next time. Great. Looking forward to it, Robin. Thanks yeah. for being here today, though. Thanks. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Until next time, may God bless you.